Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Heart to Heart. I'm your host, Emma Buggy, and I'm a relationship coach. I love exploring the world of compassionate and authentic communication in relationships because, let's be honest, we have been socialized to speak a language of blame, judgment, right, wrong thinking, and we need to relearn our authentic selves. That human being that is beyond that way of thinking, the childlike version of ourselves that sees the humanity in each person from day one. How can we bring that curiosity towards our partners, towards our own hearts and live together in harmony through really understanding those mechanisms that affect the way that we communicate? So this is the work that I do. I work with couples and individuals to support them in learning those skills and feeling more confident, more competent, more clear in their communication and connecting more deeply with one another and with themselves. I also work with groups and I would love to speak with you today about how we can first and foremost look within and listen to the way that we are speaking with ourselves, which is, if we're very honest, a lot more violent than we would normally speak to most people, even those that we're angry with. And so we're going to look at how we can translate that language of blame and judgment and self-deprecation into a language of life, of movement, of moving towards life by understanding with compassion What's really going on when I tell myself that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough, that I'm too much, that I should be doing this, that I should be doing that? So for today's episode, I really want to talk about how we speak to ourselves, the inner dialogue, the inner critic, <laughs> which I very much imagine that we are all, all of you out there who are listening, are familiar with. Um, and we are familiar with the inner critic for a very good reason, because we have grown up in a culture of dominance and power over where the core principles of belonging, our sense of belonging in this world is based upon how good we are as a human being or whether we are doing the right thing. And so there is always that lens, that critical lens that puts us, puts us up against the, the, the judgment of right doing or wrong doing, good or bad, enough or not enough. So I've actually found this work so empowering um, the work of translating, translating that inner critic and moving towards a language of love and compassion towards myself. Um, because when I'm able to translate that critical language that you should be different, you're not enough, into um, this kind of supportive voice that's somehow trying to help me 
to engage with the world in all sorts of different ways that would bring me more joy, that would bring me more aliveness, that would bring me more connection. Yeah, when I'm able to make that translation, something very beautiful happens, which is that I actually can connect with the life force energy in me that wants to be expressed in the world. And somehow now, rather than being in this victim um, space uh, or in this space of self-deprecation where I can't do anything about it and I am the only thing I have left the only tools I have left are to continue telling myself that I should be doing it differently or that I'm wrong in the hope that one day I'll get it and I'll move towards the energy of life that's trying to support me in some way but very often that doesn't work um, so what's beautiful about this leaning towards myself with compassion is that I can actually see the light in me that wants to be expressed and do something about it it gives me a feeling of inner power um, of joy of recognizing my will to be in the world in a different way or to be with life more fully. So let's get into it. Yeah. <sighs> if I could just get you to imagine alongside with me all of those moments. Well, there's so many of them that you can't imagine all of them, but particularly the recent moments of thinking, you know, those thoughts of should shouldn't, not enough, too much, always, never, you know, I should be more productive. That's one of my ones. I shouldn't sleep in until eight o'clock in the morning. I'm not clever enough. I'm too emotional. I'm always talking about how I feel and how humans feel about things. And I never talk about politics. That one hurts. So those are some of mine, just a few of the hundreds of self-judgments that, <laughs> that have carried me through this life. And um, I'm going to invite you to, to maybe write a list of your own self-judgments the shoulds and shouldn'ts, the not enoughs, the too muches, the always, the nevers. So you might want to pause now and just write that list, which we'll come back to in a minute. So before we, we go into this exercise, I just want to talk about what I said at the beginning, which is to really recognise that this language comes from, you know, a, a culture thousands of years of dominance and power over one another that it's almost no wonder that we speak in this way towards ourselves it's kind of become the status quo in our western culture that in order to be um, seen in order to be respected in order to belong to the tribe to the community um we need to be better than, we need to be the best, we need to be the cleverest, the most interesting, the most eloquent, the most caring, the most successful, the best. 
And that when we are not reaching for the best and we do things that we may judge as the worst or not good enough, such as, you know, being lazy, being um, disruptive, being inconsiderate, being rude, being violent, being angry or dominant. So when we have this idea of what we're doing is not enough, then we won't belong in the world in the way that we would hope to, that we would be somehow disregarded by others or discarded by others, that they will shun us and and put us away. They will stop spending time with us and we will be alone in the world. So it's really like this language of judgment and blaming and right or wrong thinking and comparing ourselves to one another. This language, this this perception, this um, lens that we view the world through, because it's really like putting on a pair of glasses and seeing the world through that lens. It's no wonder that it's there because the intention behind it, behind all of that, is to keep us safe, to support us to stay connected to life and to support us to stay connected to each other, to feel that we really belong and that we are accepted and that we are safe in this world. And it's just so tragic that that is the intention behind all of that language of violence and um, and that what really happens when we speak to our, towards ourselves and towards each other from that language of violence is that rather than creating that connection, that sense of belonging and acceptance and love that we long for, what we do is we create distance. We create fear. We create hurt and pain and we move away from one another. And so that's what's happening internally with ourselves, probably more violently than with anyone else. Because let's let's be honest, if you have a look at that list that you've written, the things that I say to myself, I would never say to my worst enemy. I wouldn't. I just, the language that I use towards myself is far more violent than the language that I use when I speak towards other people, even in the language of blame and judgment. And so in recognising that, I'm also going, well, no wonder that then also gets translated into a language of blame and judgment and should and shouldn't and comparison and right doing and wrong doing towards the others and towards the rest of the world. Because if that's my internal dialogue, then it's also going to be the way in which I see the rest of the world. So it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy on both sides. There's a circle of this culture that continues internally, externally, internally, externally. I speak to myself that way, so I speak to you that way. You speak to me that way, and so I speak to myself that way. So how do we break this cycle? How do we break this cycle and come back towards the compassion, the belonging, the acceptance, the love that we want to experience that's actually the intention behind 
all of this language that's so tragic. Yeah. So we want to come back to reality. We want to 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 get curious about the beautiful message behind my tragic inner critic. The beautiful message behind that list of shoulds and shouldn'ts and not enoughs and too muches. So I'm going to give you an example of, of one of my own recent critics. And I'm not going to give the harshest one because the more the more ingrained that particular critical voice is for me, the harder it is going to be for me to, to really hear the beauty when I'm first practicing. So, you know, if I had somebody to support me in this, like um, like somebody else who is a practitioner of nonviolent communication like me, or uh, um, an empathy buddy or a therapist, if I had someone to support me with this, then I would choose one of the more difficult ones because with the other person's support, and when I mean their support, I don't mean that they start to then analyse me or tell me what to do or, you know, tell me what's happening in my mind. What I mean by support is the other person would possibly listen to me silently and reflect back what they have understood um, from my my self-expression and that helps me to to see whether I'm clear with myself so that I can find my own clarity from within so if I had somebody supporting me in that way then I might choose um, one of the more painful um, self-judgments to work with but seeing as you're doing this on your own I really ask you to Check in with yourself and see how much space you have to work with this, knowing that there isn't someone else around to be with you when it gets difficult and choose something that feels like it's at a level that you can deal with. A judgment towards yourself that feels like, OK, I can look at this and I, I'm not afraid that it's going to go to the most painful place. So really practice self-care and choice and if you do have a practice partner, if you have been doing um, this work, nonviolent communication or compassionate communication for a while, then this might be an exercise to do with a partner. So before I explain the exercise, I'd like to look at my own example, which is, um, you know, maybe a month or so ago, I was hosting an event here with uh, a group of people that come to me regularly. It's called the Empathy Cafe. And we practice um, empathic listening. We practice listening to each other. And I introduced the group at the beginning and we had a few new people in the group. So I introduced what we were going to do for the day and then we went into the activities and we moved through the session. So at the end of the session, I received feedback from participants and there was a lot of feedback around how um, many needs were met for the people who came. A lot of people celebrating it and saying how they wanted to come back. But my mind is so socialized, so socialized to look for what's wrong, what's not working, what's bad, what have I done wrong, that when I received one person's feedback, which said, 
I didn't hear you speaking about confidentiality of what we're sharing at the beginning. And I wonder if that's something that you find is important and maybe it could be a supportive way, um, you know, to help people to feel safe at the beginning of the group. So wonderful feedback. I love that this person said that. And the first thing I I, I thought to myself is, ah, damn it, I usually talk about that. I forgot this time. I'm so terrible. I shouldn't forget. That doesn't create safety. Those new people won't come back because they'll think I don't care about safety. I'm unprofessional. Yeah. So (laughs) even after years of doing this work, my first, my first reaction, my first immediate reaction is to to have this inner dialogue of self-criticism, self-blame, not enough, should be doing something different. But very quickly, thanks to this work, um, I was able to catch those inner critics and say, hang on a second, what is it that I'm trying to look after here? What is it that's actually important to me that causes me to speak to myself in such a tragic way? And what is it that those critics are trying to say, which is really an act of self-love and self-support? What are they actually trying to say? And when I listened from that perspective, I was able to understand, ah, what I'm trying to say to myself is, ah, I, I feel sad that I forgot to mention it this time because I recognize how much it contributes towards a sense of safety and security for people in the group. And I really want to remind myself to do it next time because whenever I'm in a group and I receive that kind of um, request for confidentiality, I feel safer to to share. So I really appreciate this feedback because it's a reminder to me of how safety and security is a core principle of mine that I really want people to experience when they come to my groups. And I want to experience that when I'm in a group setting. Can you see the difference in those two messages? One message is saying, you're not professional. Other people are going to never come back and they won't feel safe again. And you should have, you should have mentioned it. And the other message is, I really care for safety and security. It's a core value of mine. And I would love to remind myself to do that next time so that I can create a safe space for people to be in. So that's the exercise we're going to do now. I'm going to invite you to choose one of those inner critics, one of those voices to work with. Choosing the one that feels at the right level for you to work with today. And then making sure that you have downloaded my feelings and needs list on the resources page of my website, www.empathart.com, as we're going to use that later on in the exercise. So writing down the judgment that you're going to use on a piece of paper, just looking at that judgment. See how it touches you, how your body responds when you read those words out loud towards yourself. And then just check if it needs some refinement, if you notice that another layer of judgment comes, like 
Maybe some different wording will come as you read this judgment. A more refined version of the core essence of that critical voice. So, for example, with my one, I said, I'm not professional. That was my first layer. And that I should have included that at the beginning of the session. And so the more refined version of it is that I'm a really bad facilitator. Yeah, I'm a really bad facilitator. So finding the refined version of your judgment, when you feel that you've found the wording that really lands with you and that kind of feels painful for you to receive, making sure that you write that on a separate piece of paper at the top of the page. And then using the feelings and needs list, I want you to just connect with how you feel in your body as you look at this sentence. How does it make you feel? Yeah, I'm just noticing the sensations that come up when you look at this sentence, when you say this sentence to yourself. Perhaps they come to you really spontaneously or perhaps the list of feelings will help you to find the sensations, the words that kind of relate to your emotional experience right now. Perhaps write them down on the page somewhere, the feelings that come up. And then when you've done that, you might want to turn over the page and have a look at the list of needs. And just notice, yeah, what is it that I'm really longing for when I feel this way? What am I... What am I hoping to experience instead of what I'm feeling when I look at this this sentence? What am I really hoping to experience right now? What am I longing for, desiring, wishing for, wanting, needing in this moment? And then just seeing which words pop out at you and touch you from that list. Taking your time and looking through the list of needs and values. Writing whichever ones down touch you in some way. Maybe you'll have four or five or six words on the page. You you can pause this um, and take your time and then press play when when you're finished. So yeah, now that you have your list of feelings and needs, I really welcome you to kind of hone in on those one or two feelings, one or two needs that feel that they are the most potent in this moment, knowing that the others are also important for you too. And by choosing one or two of them, you're not disregarding the others. You're simply focusing in on the one or two that are most alive for you right now in this moment. So maybe circling those words or rewriting them in large letters And then I want you to to imagine a new sentence after you've looked at these words. You're looking at the need that's really important for you. 
I want you to see if you can imagine a new sentence, a kind of wish towards yourself or a kind of blessing towards yourself that expresses what it is that you want to experience. So rather than the judgment that you have, what it is that I want to experience. So I'll give you my example here. So my judgment was that I'm not a good facilitator, that I'm a bad facilitator. What I want to experience is a sense of safety and security in the group. I want to feel safe and at ease with the group and I want them to feel safe and at ease with me. Because I so enjoy it when I feel safe in shared spaces. So see if you can come up with your own version of a sentence, a wish, a kind of longing for yourself. Kind of the beauty behind this tragic message, the beautiful message that this judgmental part of yourself is trying to to deliver. What is that beautiful message that they're trying to deliver? And it will be connected to the the needs that you have written down. If you find that you're getting stuck here, then another thing you can do before you write this new message is to really connect with the needs that you've written down, the one or two needs, and ask yourself the question, why is this important to me? Why is safety and security important for me? So I would really dive into that question and look at it and write about it. Give myself five minutes of writing about what that word means to me and why it's important to me, because by juicing the kind of essence of that word and understanding why it touches me, why it's important for me, it brings me closer to that vision that I have of how I want to be in the world. And therefore, that sentence that that longing, that desire of how I want to be in this moment, how I want to express life in this moment, will come to me more naturally. So I hope that today's session has supported you in some way to connect with the life force energy inside of you that's always looking out for you, that's always wanting for you to be connected to the rest of life, to the rest of the world, and therefore might be saying so in a tragic language. <laughs> and um, this is this is the work that I do with individuals, with couples, to support that translation of tragic language into the language of life. Um, if you have enjoyed this session, if you would enjoy learning these skills more deeply. Um, I'm very happy to receive invitations to come and do a workshop in your community, in your workspace, in your family. And I also work with couples privately. I support them to learn and embody these skills on a deep and embodied levels so that you can actually see the change happening in your relationship and in the rest of your life. Because, you know, how we show up in our relationships with ourselves and with each other is ultimately going to be how we show up to the rest of life, to the rest of the world. So 
um, my newsletter this week was about how, you know, looking after our emotional hygiene with ourselves and within our relationships is an act of activism. It's a an active, compassionate movement towards creating a world of compassion, a world where we want to naturally take care of life. So, um, yes, please do get in contact if you would like to work with me in any way and share this with anyone who you imagine would be inspired to speak to themselves in a more compassionate way. And if you'd like to find out more about the work that I do, then visit my website, www.empathart.com. Make sure you follow this podcast and share it with other people, because the more that we share this work, the more that we change the world around us and other people will move towards this compassionate, authentic way of communicating. Also, um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's empathart.emma where I share daily tips and tricks and sharings about relationships and how we communicate so it's a fun way to kind of get those little mini insights and um, connect with the rest of the community there on Instagram. <laughs>